So do you want to kind of give a rundown on who you are and what you do now and your okay. background? Sure. My name is Marcus Zellman. I am the executive director of the Virtual Private Library. Uh, I've been involved in the internet for more years than I want to think about, uh, going back to the early 90s uh, and being part of the original search engines that were created back then. Uh, very familiar with Google and its original uh, algorithm that they used. And I'm very familiar with uh, search engines prior to Google. Uh, we have such as uh, when we did a telnet, we did search. When we did file transfer protocol back then, before the web, we did search called Archie, A-R-C-H-I-E, for archive search. And we did golfer search, which is named for the mascot of the University of Minnesota, which allowed you to search all the gopher sites, which were very popular. I wrote many a manual on gophers, and gophers would give you an index of information still out there because you didn't have to have the power of uh, being able to transmit images, et cetera, across the net. It was just text. So I discussed that and was got heavily involved with that. And then, then Tim Berns-Lee came around, and one day at a nightclub, I guess, or at a cocktail party, he got an idea of the World Wide Web, and the Mosaic browser became in the bane, and uh, that changed the world. And another browser called Netscape came into being, and that changed the world. Mark Anderson uh, was going to change the world and, uh, and did change the world in many ways to show what could be done and what would be done. And uh, I was involved in you know, working with the Internet. I can remember uh, on Sundays I would download software and I would go to church, start to download, go to church and come back and it would still be downloading. Uh, and that was probably just a small file, but it yeah. just took a long time. And, and now it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a whole different ballgame. So uh, I've been involved in educating and teaching people about the Internet. Uh, back in uh, the late mid-90s, I created a site called BotSpot. And BotSpot became uh, one of the most popular sites on the Internet. Not because I'm a genius. It's because it was at the right time, at the right place. Like so many things happened yeah. on the Internet. I couldn't keep up with the number of people who wanted to subscribe to my newsletter. It was crazy. I mean, you know, I, hundreds and one day thousands. I was like, this is, this is unbelievable. <laughs> and uh, uh, But anyway, BotSpot took off and it became a spot for all bots and intelligent agents on the Internet. I've always been ahead of my time, and today I can talk bots and intelligent agents to people, and they're still interested and excited. In fact, some people in the elderly population still don't know what a bot is and uh, intelligent agent is and, and they're learning and learning very fast now because of what's happening but uh, I uh, that bot spot uh, became very popular and then in 1999 I sold it to Alan Meckler uh, who had internet and uh, uh, at the top of the bubble back in the 90s when the bubble burst and I did that before that and Alan uh, bought it and we did workshops and whatnot for Alan uh, and then 2000, 2001 on uh, uh, bots and, and intelligent agents and this type of thing were very popular. And then I created the uh, virtual private library, which I have been for many, many years the executive director. And I wanted to give back to the Internet community. So uh, I took my bots, took my subjects that I would liked, and there end up being about 54 subjects. And I made subject tracers out of them. And a bot would go out, find information about it, bring it back, put it into the tracer, and automatically it would be put onto the Internet free of charge to people. So what I was doing back then was creating many yahoos, except on specific subjects, and making it available absolutely free to the Internet community as it is today. Uh, 
and it continues yeah. to be. And then uh, I continue to speak and to lecture about the Internet. Uh, I spoke to many, many organizations, to their boards, uh, talked to some national organizations. I remember talking to the National Printing Association in Washington. I wasn't the keynote speaker that time. I think that time it was the president of the United States. Wow. Right? I was right after him in the green room with him. But anyway, I came out and said, I feel like I'm Paul Revere. I'm telling you guys in a pretty industry, the Internet is coming. The Internet is coming. And uh, a lot of them shook their head and couldn't quite figure it all out. And I said, you will. And that Heidelberg Press is sitting there that cost all that money. One day might very well be replaced. You just never know. And uh, I also spoke to the national, uh, what was it, the National Association of uh, Travel Agents. And wow. I did that in 98 in Miami. Nice group, big group, a couple thousand. And I said the same thing to them, except I said, you know what's going to happen in the future? And I listened. I said, people are going to buy airplane tickets direct. <laughs> and you won't. Yeah be able to sell them because they're going to buy them direct over the internet. They hissed. They booed. They couldn't believe it. This I yeah. think three years later, they asked me to come back to tell them how to handle that type of a project and this type of thing. So it's very exciting. Uh, my expertise is artificial intelligence uh, and machine learning and uh, I've been involved in artificial intelligence for many, many years. And now it's going on to its own uh, and I, I forecasted that we would have an ethics problem with artificial intelligence, yeah. and I do, because people who program the algorithms are themselves have their own ethics they put into it. No different than a pe person that creates an index. Those indexes are based on ethics that the person has who puts in index information. So when they say they're going to create artificial intelligence that will be able to understand ethics, that's a big project. Big, big project, big problem, but it's all happening and it's happening very fast. And I'm excited about it because everything that I've talked about and wanted to happen is happening, including uh, the education format where I was happy when MOOCs came on board and, and Coursera, in fact, Coursera is now going public. It's unbelievable. But anyway, uh, uh, I was happy that uh, we would be able to do online training and online training is not new. Online training has been around for 20 years. But now uh, it's come to the point where everyone is doing it. Big difference between now and then. And that's very exciting because I say this is going to change the way education and you know, resources are being done and how you'll be I able agree to with that. And, and or take short courses and this type of a thing. But we're seeing it all, all compliments of Zoom. Zoom isn't the real answer. Zoom is one of the answers because people are even getting fatigued to that. Uh, this type of thing, podcasting, the same thing. People are starting to get fatigued of that. Yeah. There will be new and better ways, and that's truly exciting. We're going to have virtual reality. We're going to have all these types of things that we talked about but didn't have the bandwidth. When 5G does become a reality, and, and, we're, and I just read a big white paper on 6G. So 5G. Already, wow. Well. Already, the 5G isn't here yet. I mean, most people don't have 5G. Most people have light and, you know, they're at slow speeds. And if they get 50 or 60, they're tickled pink. You know, and 5G is supposed to be a 1,000 and more. And eventually it will all happen. And when that does, that will be exciting. And what will technology creates technology? All the little satellites are going up and, and the star network are all the transmitting the Internet. 
and they're going to transmit it at high speeds. So oh, that's yeah. going to force all these telecommunication companies down here to make 5G work. Now they're marketing the heck out of it, saying it's 5G, and eh, it's not quite 5G. <laughs> and, and but you know, it's better than what people had before when they had no speed at all. So, but any lots of exciting things happening on the internet. Uh, I'm blessed the fact that I gone back to the very beginning. I participated in the beginning, and I'm still now actively participating. Uh, and now, even though my age may show some gray hair, I still uh, am very heavily involved, and that's my passion to be able to see all this stuff work in a very positive and helping humankind way. So um, you mentioned that you wrote bots. Um, what programming languages do you use for those? You, there's various there's various books. If you go to botresearch.info, and I'll name it on my sites, but if you just go to zelman.us, they're all there, or a virtual. Anyway, um, I, botresearch.info is where I put all the information on, uh, on how to build a bot. Yeah. You want to build a bot. And I would go in detail to it, but each bot is different, and each bot takes different programming language. You can do it with Python. You can do it with C++. You can do it with no code now. <laughs> and wow. everybody's pushing no code because they don't want to go back to a class to learn how to code. And that's okay, too. But there's lots of ways to build bots. And a bot it basically is a script. A script can be, like I say, C++ or Python or they even work on no code. And it challenges the Internet by going out and searching and searching the various files for keywords and metadata. That hasn't changed much. Uh, that's how it all started with Google years ago in 1995, 96. Uh, they searched for keywords. They just got more advanced and been able to search deeper. But a bot goes out and searches. So, uh, so there's some files. When you create a file, you can create a file, and in that file you can say no search, no text, no file, no able for bot text is called, and that won't allow a bot to search it. Now, we also have what we call bots that are negative. And they'll search regardless. They'll just go yeah. out and find, scour and get that information. But majority of bots are good bots, and they scour the information that's allowed to them, the metadata, the title, the description, the keywords, and, and then the languages is in this because they become more sophisticated. And it can also look into now PDFs. It can look into docs. It can look into other types of file uh, suffix, prefixes and suffixes that are out there. Used to be a one difficult one. Used to be PostScript. Yes, it still is difficult. That's what all the theses in uh, master's degree and PhD degrees are written in postscript. That's all their theses are done. And just now has it become even Google has still a tough time searching postscript files out there because it's very difficult. The software is very difficult to work with, et cetera. So it's happening and more and more. I love to search PostScript documents because that's thesis mainly. I'd say 90% of the PostScript documents are thesis. Theses as a rule are new knowledge. That's a person's writing about something new or the, this type of thing. So that's where I, I discover knowledge. And knowledge discovery can be into the footnotes, can be into the metadata, can be into the of the information of the many of those postscript files. And that's very exciting because I like to discover new knowledge. And people say, well, there's no such thing as new knowledge. Every day yeah. I learn something new, you know. Oh, exactly. Well, you're kind of what you're doing is making like a digital library of Alexandria. Yeah, kind of. That's true. Never thought yeah. of that. That's yeah, right. I mean, yeah. you're, and, I, and it's and I, free. It's freely accessible. 
It's freely accessible. All 54 subject tracers, and every day the little bots go out and search and come. I've got two or three of the bots have gotten so good that I don't have to check them all the time. Now, <laughs> I, for a while, it's like it, like, like your son. You have to check them. You know, yeah. they're they're too quiet. You got to go find out what's <laughs> go, going on. Go make right? sure everything's going okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So my bots are the same way, and so uh, I've been put the bots out for a number of years. But there are two or three of them now that have done a very, very good job of coming back with appropriate and competent information that can be that is reliable, and that's programmed into it over a period of time. You slap them when they're not good. You you praise yeah. them. When, same thing as a child and this type of thing. Yeah. Do you have a favorite programming language? No, no. I've I've taken whatever right now, you whatever yeah, needs whatever accomplishes the job. Uh, I shouldn't say that I don't have. But I, I've, what I've done is been able to mix some of them together and create what I wanted to oh, create wow. over a period of time, finding, showing the results of the two and this type of a thing. And I wasn't hampered by anybody uh, working for myself and creating the virtual private library. I was my most worst critic and probably far more worse than probably if I had, did have a boss because I'm really, really, really pushed to have competency and reliability and information. Yeah. Um, so what are your thoughts on, you know, you have these, this database, what are your thoughts on a centralized versus a decentralized database? I'm a big believer in decentralized information, um, for a couple of reasons. The first reason would be that if you have information decentralized, it's hard to lose uh, because if one side of it has it, you can turn around and get the other. Uh, I also feel that, uh, uh, information should data. Uh, in fact, I just did my column for um, April, and I did it on uh, 2021 resources for uh, uh, what was it? Resources for data, big data, and statistics. Now, what we find out is that in, when you have databases that are open and decentralized versus centralized, the many of the decentralized have become open sources as well. And that allows people to get more information and freely usable uh, going through GitHub and those other types of things we're doing the software. While centralized database, uh, uh, Bill Gates loves them. Uh, yeah. All the big boys. Big, Jeff big corporations. Them, you know, yeah. That's, that's, that's how, what, in fact, he was very smart. I have to handle it. He got in, uh, Amazon got into books, but they made their rig money in their servers. Yeah. WS. Oh, yeah. He, that and 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 he really did and that's a central server and they use the cloud of course but the cloud just a gigantic central server in my mind and it's nice but it's a it's not a, a decentralized type of a product and this type of thing do you have any thoughts on you know i'm personally i'm big into um bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies mainly bitcoin but the technology of blockchain what do you think of blockchain itself as a data structure I'm impressed with blockchain. Always have been. Uh, I've done a number of researches myself on blockchain, and always has come up in a positive way. I was also kind of kind of interested to see that PayPal now accepts Bitcoin, uh, which is real revolution. Far as a lot of the traditional people are are coming around cyber currency more and more and more. Problem I see with a lot of it, like Bitcoin, is we're is mining it. And to mine the bitcoins, a lot you get into this, and people don't quite understand all that. But you know, it's got to be mined. And one of the biggest areas we were getting it from, guess what? China. Yeah, and, and now huge. China is it has problem. Magnolia, Magnolia, 
Mongolia, especially, uh, have a carbon problem because of the coal mines yeah. and the coal producing power, you know, through coal. Uh, they have required all the bit mine miners to close shop next month. Yeah. So that's going to put a real stress on some of the world of the Bitcoin. Interesting to speak. So there's a lot of variables there that's happening. Uh, but it's all very exciting, and when we, when we add digital to it, it makes it all. It's it's got to go that way, just yeah. like artificial had to go. Artificial intelligence had to come that way. Uh, same way with before we had basic computers that we had to have server farms had to go had had to go that way. Bitcoin same thing. It's got to go. We've got to get the world monetary organizations and the governments to go along with it. They're afraid to heck of it, and they don't know exactly what to do from our country to other countries. China knows only one thing. They want to control it, yeah. and, you know, and we can't have that. So that's got be that's got to all be worked out. And that will be the slowest part of the whole thing. Technology is raring to go. We've got horses on a side track. They're ready to go. They're ready. Let's go. Let's go. And the countries are what's slowing it up right now. I and agree. Tell yeah. that they, and the reason it slowed up is that the countries haven't received the education and the competency of education about what it all is and how it all works. And you, that has to happen. Hopefully, we'll get people involved in it who are more interested rather than making a profit to begin with because a lot yeah. of people have made a lot of money in Bitcoin. Oh, yeah. Let's educate everybody. And let's educate the world about it. If that happens, that will make that much more uh, acceptable and faster to many of the countries that will be involved. Well, if you look at the places that are mostly using Bitcoin, it's like Nigeria, Venezuela, places that inflation has just run rampant. Exactly. And it's, and it's just a way to preserve your wealth, which is really interesting because um, when Bitcoin was created, Satoshi viewed it as a currency. But right. in its current state, it's more of a store of value. That's right. Exactly. It's, value store. That's very yeah, true. Yeah. It, it's much more like digital gold than a digital dollar. Right. Which is no, just really I, interesting. Yeah. yeah, it is very interesting. And that's what, but uh, because of that, though, it also creates spontaneous ups and downs to yeah. it. And, and and to have good financial security, you have to have more of a control basis of that, yeah. rather, even though the stock market at times does the same thing. But yeah. what I'm saying is, you know, up and down, but you've got to have something that's more uh, secure. Uh, the diamond people have been very good in over the years, and gold and silver, to create a product that's non-dollar, that has value, yeah. a store of value. And diamonds were good because you could put a lot of diamonds in your pocket and leave, so it's good this type of a thing. Uh, gold, you couldn't do that, but it was accepted worldwide and this type of a thing. And it was backed at one time, the dollar backed gold, yeah. this type of thing. So, yeah, that whole area of cyber currency uh, is uh, and and blockchain probably the answer to the security part of it because uh, it, it it's v very strong yeah and, and not to say it hasn't been broken I think it has but not to say that that's the answer and that's the answer that can work and has been working and getting the job done. Um, do you actually have? bots that are scanning for um, blockchain stories, blockchain information, stuff oh, yeah, like that. Of course. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just, yeah. They go out and scan for that. And uh, again, in new types of words, now, Bitcoin's not new. No, you yeah. Know, I have, I have had a bot doing scanning for Bitcoin since, the fifth, since 2015. 
Yeah. You know, it, it brings back a lot. Of, and and yes, to answer that question. And I try to also catch out anything thing that is pronounced and comes to fact. Uh, artwork, crypto artwork now. NFTs. It, it, it's, yeah, NFT, it's just gone crazy. Oh, and, yeah. and so I, I have a bot, I've had a bot on that on for about about three months. I should have had one on. It's been around for longer than that, but yeah. the last two or three months, you know, you get something and all of a sudden this little thing's worth $10 million. It's amazing. It's, it's crazy. It's you know? crazy. And, and so, but the, there's reason for all that. The market, the 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 economy, and the and the digital economy, if you want to call it that way, the new economy, uh, is uh, trying to find its place. Is yeah. trying to find what it is, and you'll see streaks back. I think the digital art is a good thing. I, I think it, it, it's going through a uh, time where you have your ups and downs, but I think it will level off. Uh, to some extent, and then you'll be able to purchase and purchase value, just like a Bitcoin, except it will be a painting and this type of thing. So, yeah, I, I think that's very interesting. Well, um, on top of that, you know, digital artwork, um, do you what do you think about our augmented reality? Um, I know you mentioned virtual reality, but do you do anything with augmented reality? Of course, augmented reality is a great um, area, but it, and both virtual reality and augmented reality have had their problems, meaning everybody talked about it. It was hyped. Gardner hyped it, his hype scale and, you know, and all this type of a thing. But the, at the end of the day, it hasn't taken off the way a lot of people yeah. thought it would. Virtual reality is the same way. It's just now starting to see more and more of it. But it... I always say to find out how a product in the digital economy is going to do, make sure it becomes a game first. Hmm. Because games seem to be the first ones to take a hold of these things. Well, and, yeah, that's how people got entertainment systems in their home. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And they'll, they'll, they'll spend money for home entertainment. They may not spend money for education hmm. or learning the way they see yeah. it. But for, for entertainment, they'll do that. So I always say that if we see... And so I think that both virtual reality and augmented reality have their place. Uh, the the reason that it hasn't taken off in my mind is that the corporate CEOs, again, don't have the education to understand it and how mm. it can be used within the enterprise marketplace. Speaking of, you know, we talked about artificial intelligence. In order, I, I, I kind of think that artificial intelligence is going to show the best and the worst of humanity. No question about Undoubtedly. it. Undoubtedly. Um, yeah. Do you think that there should be a, like a government regulatory something to oversee the production of artificial intelligence on a large scale, sort of like the SEC with the stock exchange? Do that, you think there should be a, Yeah, to answer that question, the government's already in the process of doing that. There's okay. a paper, that's a bill that just went into the floor of the House of Representatives uh, last Saturday uh, that uh, has, has information about how they want to be able to uh, evaluate based on competency, based on a lot of tunes and this type of thing. There's been a big ethics discussion on AI. I can imagine. And, and two of the people at Google, and Google has a very large amount of money invested in AI. They have their own AI department. And the two of the top people in them were let go because there was a conflict in how Google saw the ethics and how they saw the ethics. So to answer your question, yes, 
It will happen, but it will be a slow, drawn-out process, and there'll be a lot of sides on both sides wanting what they want. Corporations wanting to be their ethics involved and finding more information about you yeah. and me using AI to do that, while the people will say, no, we want more privacy for us. We want to be able to let you know what we want, and if we do let you know what we want, we're going to charge you for that too. Because yeah. that's our information. We worked hard to create that information, and we aren't just going to give it away like you've been taking it. So those two sides have already started, and there'll be and all the big companies. You notice Google's into it, Microsoft's into it. Uh, all the big companies are have AI groups and divisions that are making AI work. Now the problem is it's it's going to take off, and they've got to be able to control it. And so if do they you, don't do a good job of controlling it, AI may eat us up. That's what I was going to say. And do you think in order for an artificial intelligence to turn hostile, it would have to be programmed with with emotions? Or do you think we would have an artificial intelligence that was just purely logical? Do you think uh -huh. there would be – or it would I, develop emotions of its own? or Well, general artificial its intelligence. Its own morality, yeah. I guess. Yeah, and, and that's a good point, and there are certainly uh, academics who are working on that through what they call general artificial intelligence, uh, and many of them become a little bit scared because of that, yeah. because the artificial intelligence has taken on a mindset of their own. Uh, we use artificial intelligence for many years more than the, than the population realizes. Uh, a couple of our satellites that have gone outside the solar system had artificial intelligence programmed into them just to be able, in case the computer would go bad, it could fix itself. So, And that has worked. So the, the background of artificial intelligence isn't something in the last couple of years. It goes back for many, many years. One thing that will aid or not aid artificial intelligence will be quantum computing. Oh, yeah. And quantum computing is taking off. I In a I, big way. In a big way. And quantum computing combined with blockchain and artificial intelligence, then you've got a rocket ship that who knows who will be able to control. Who mm -hmm. knows who will be able to control. It may make a decision that we're going to cancel you, just like they're talking about canceling things now. Yeah. All of a sudden, it's not going to be Democrats or Republicans doing it. It's going to be, be a machine that just doesn't like the way you look. Yeah. Hmm. Well, okay, speaking of machines and robots, you know, you have Boston Dynamic, and they're making just amazing robotics. Oh, yeah. Um, do you envision a future where... Space travel is mainly done by an artificial intelligence with the use of robots as, you know, we humans, as of right now, we don't have the technology to land on Europa, you know, for instance. And there are possible, there's a possibility of life there. If we could send robots under the guide of an artificial intelligence, but that sort of, and I, this kind of sounds like Blade Runner, but. Yeah, no, I. You said yeah. the Ganymede too, but yeah. Europa definitely. Yes, I think the answer to that is you're going to have the individuals, and we have Elon and others who want to be able to send people to Mars to colonize yeah. Mars, and then people look at what Mars looks like. And there's not too much there. It all have to be underground, etc. But 
local things, which I would classify Mars as being local in the yeah. scheme of things, uh, we'll probably do, humans would explore that. But to to explore Europa or other areas, that, uh, and if we can go with the speed of light, we'll be able to visit other close stars and stuff. Definitely would be robots controlled by artificial intelligence in the system, which would have a master controller back here. Yeah. Yeah. So do you think an artificial intelligence would be able to develop some form of, you know, like right now our energy is all based on you put something in, something shoots out. Do you yeah. think that there will be an artificial intelligence that is able to advance human technology to the point of uh, speed of light or near speed yeah. of light travel? Uh, I would love to be able to see artificial intelligence disapprove Einstein's theory. Yeah. Okay. That solves the problem right well, there. Well, I mean, the thing, the whole thing is, you know, these amazing chess masters, even, right. they, they can't hold a candle to a computer. No, that's right. And, and, you know, once we get quantum computing and then we get artificial intelligence that running on comp, on quantum computing, right. The possibilities it's gonna be, are. It's going to be exciting. It's yes. Like, like 20 years ago when I told the printer association, <laughs> the internet is coming, the internet, I feel yeah. like Paul Revere. Well, now what I'm telling people is the internet is coming through quantum computing and yeah. it's going to change everything in this world. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Quantum computing has been something that I've been looking into for the last little bit fairly recently. Um, and it's, it's astounding. I mean, it really yeah, is. It really it's is. revolutionary. It, it is. And I tell youngsters uh, that are growing up now and what they want to do in the future, I said, you got to get involved in data one yeah. way or another because uh, all these computers uh, have to have data to begin with and how that data is indexed and how that data is vaulted and how that data is done is a key to how those computers and the quantum computers are going to be done. And uh, so that's an exciting area. And now even the people involved in data are making big dollars, but they're going to even make bigger ones. And, you know, life itself is data. And yeah. We, yeah. we we as people and as a uh, population over the years have filled out form after form after form for the government. Workman's comp forms, all these forms, healthcare, all the forms, right? Really, nothing has been done with them except they put into a database. Before that, they were put into files. Yeah. You go to a doctor's office, you see 10,000 files, right? They were never searched except when they wanted to see what the client was doing right now, nothing. We are going to see all this data put to use. And with quantum computing, and even now with artificial intelligence, they'll be able to scan, crawl through that information, and seek out and find out new information. And that's a key to new information, crawling through and finding out files that haven't been made available. And there's so many data sets now that we are able to crawl and get information, discover new knowledge, and it is starting to be done right now. And that's truly exciting because one of the things that America is great for is new inventions and new yeah. discoveries. Japan and China copied us uh, all the time, but they really weren't on their own, except I do worry a little bit about China and artificial intelligence. I think a lot of that is hype, but still some of it's there. And we've got to really be, so we've got to stay ahead of that game against China on AI. But AI will allow us to discover new knowledge. New knowledge will be able to do just what you're saying, build the things and do the things that we thought were impossible six months ago. And what's great about our society, and I tell this to people all the time, is we did 
as Americans and what Americans can do if they make up their mind is that we discovered a vaccine in less than a year's time that uh, two years ago, if someone said, well, we'll create a vaccine in less than a year, you would have told them to go in that closet and smoke your (laughs) pipe because there's no way that's going to happen. It takes four to five years if then, and we did it in less than a year. To me, that shows, and I always preach that, that we can do things if we have to. We can move mountains. All we have to do is make it happen. And we have shown that. So in the rest of technology, that's what's exciting. We start doing the same thing we did with a vaccine to some of these other technologies. Katie, bar the door. Where we're going, it's really fasten your seatbelts. We're going for the ride of our life. Well, you know, okay, so I agree. Humanity, seem we seem to do our best when our backs are against the wall. Yeah, it's very true. I mean, we we really do. We're very resilient. With an artificial intelligence, do you think that that is, they would be the same way, like if they needed to be, or do you think that is a uniquely human I think trait? It, it's a, uni- a very uniquely human aspect that can be programmed into the algorithm of artificial intelligence. Okay. But, hmm. And they'll have various things to show that the back is against the wall. This, yeah. this, this, this. If these five items are contingency plans, plans, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, see. And I then always... does, does, does the humanity want artificial intelligence to do these things? That's the next question. There are going to be some people who say, "I lose control. I'm yeah. having that box over there tell me what to do." That's not going to happen. Not in my lifetime. Just like doctors fought electronic records. They yeah. didn't want to do electronic records. Oh, I'm not going to uh, write yeah. that. I'll do my notes like I've done. If you don't like it, I'll retire. I don't need that stuff. Yeah. You see that? So it's a human part side of it, which a lot of times will slow up the process of technology. So when I think of you know space travel and artificial intelligence, I always think of 2001, A Space Odyssey, with right. how. Um, do you think early on we're going to have some quote-unquote evil artificial intelligences or do you think that we're going to have you think we're going to get it right or do you think we're going to have some hurdles as far as that goes well i think there'll be some hurdles uh years ago i built a bot for uh, internet relay chat i don't know if you're familiar with that uh, irc back in the 80s and 90s that was the way we chatted our internet relay chat and there was a problem with internet relay chat people using file words so i created a bot and a bot went out, and if you said a foul word, it would give you tell you that, and it would take you off Internet Relay Chat if you did it more than twice. Okay, so we had a bot taking care of technology. I envision in artificial intelligence, we'll have, we probably won't call them bots, whatever it will be, but it will be a monitor yeah. that will be programmed that if it sees an artificial intelligence box out there looking a little bit to the dark side, yeah. That it will snap them a little bit or tell the proper authorities that their ethics aren't quite on the same plane as they should be. Now, that would be monitoring. And that's probably what you have to have to get the folks to inv- involved in it who are afraid of it. Because yeah. the ones that are afraid of it are going to say, what will happen? It'll all go to the dark side and we'll be done. It'll all <laughs> yeah. go to and, and we'll like, be terminated. Yes, you may have that problem. We have that problem today. We have bank robbers today. Yeah, yeah. we have Bitcoin fraud today. Wherever Absolutely. there is. So because of that, we we know that happens. So we have to be on the guard against that. That's all. Um, gosh, this is also interesting. <laughs> um, what is like if somebody wanted to get into 
programming or coding or something like that right. do you have any suggestions from where somebody could go to look into this kind well, of stuff first off they need to go to one of my sites called scriptresources.info scriptresources.info all my sites are .info because their information is freely available yeah. you know and i list a lot of various areas that you can go to to learn more about scripting and programming as well as all the software they can look at so they need to do that they need to go to coursera or they need to go to go to uh, Another one of my sites, OpenEducationalResources.com, Open Educational Resources, and I have a list of all the courses, thousands of courses that you can yeah. take, and broken down into scripting and coding. And this I think you need to look at that, and many of them are 100% free, 100% free. That's what so I was. If if a person out there is listening and they say, "Gosh, it would be fun to really get involved in this stuff," and my future, I could be involved in yeah. artificial and machine learning, all this neat stuff, because that's good on my resume and that will get me a job, and that's true. Then they need to go to uh, the various uh, open educational resources because it's open, it's free, and and get a list of all that and start taking those courses. That's all, and well, it's online I courses. I was going to ask, you know, earlier you mentioned that the internet has really become such a place of learning. Do you yeah. think that? Do you think it's going to eventually the entire educational society or educational structure is going to be really dismantled? Because I know friends that are into coding, and they say really they're looking for certifications over right. over a degree because a right, degree exactly. just shows that, a degree. That's right. You know, a degree just shows you know how to do work for four years, five years, however long but a certifications showing you know you can do this you know project or this coding exactly or, and we're going to see more of that happening we're seeing some of that happening now getting certificates of certifications they take in the course but more important we're going to see competency certifications yeah. so that they you'll know that person is competent in that area and this type of a thing and you know, the courses are important but these competency tests will be based on you actually doing something you going yeah, out the work. this type of a thing we're going to see that that that's a little bit slow behind it because all this but what is I hate to say this, but the pandemic has made education all this happen because yeah. it's forced education into a Zoom box to yeah. be able to do this. And now people are saying, "Gee, I thought about doing this, but uh, you know, I, I like school." Or you know, now they're doing it, and they're saying, "Well, it's not as bad as I thought it was." And maybe I can combine. We we'll go back to school. I can combine some more scripting a, on a side and this type of a thing. So it's going to be can be done at any time. Yeah, and where it's going to affect it most is higher education. Yeah. A lot of people in higher education are worried because many people are going to do that strictly online. Because uh, uh, high school, when you're out of high school, you're going to look for other types of things. You're going to specialize in scripting, specialize in machine learning, specialize in artificial, and you can do that all online. So it's, it's, colleges of bricks and mortars uh, have to be have some concern for the future because of what has happened online. And the so, teachers are beginning younger. See, part yeah. of the problem is your your old professors uh, didn't really want to be online. They like to be a lecturer, stand up yeah. there, watch everybody sleep, and and give the lecture, you know, and then go back and everybody praise you. Now, with the advent of online the way it is, and they're using all sorts of new novelty items to keep you awake so yeah. you can learn. I mean, that's that hasn't changed in 100 years. And but they're getting better at that because they're getting information and surveys of what works and what doesn't. Uh, we're going to see that a lot of changes in the higher education of this country. And to me, again, exciting. Yeah. Uh, do you have any opinion on Elon Musk's Neuralink? Yeah, I, he wants to connect. The Is that freaky? Brain. Is it, that? Yeah, it's, it's real freaky. Uh, <laughs> 
Love Elon. Love I Elon. I do too. Uh, and he, he's I not afraid he's to best. do anything. He's not yeah. afraid to do anything. Give the guy credit. You know, Bitcoin yeah. goes up. Everything. You know, he anything that he any, turns to gold. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I do think, and we, you hear about that, then you don't hear about that. And I'm hoping that's the positive news that maybe because you're trying to connect into the neural network of the brain. Now, what he wants to do is he wants to be able to teach people and give people information without you having to learn it. Yeah, it's just going to go into your brain. That yeah. may happen, but then that's very scary because we can then say that's brainwashing. Well, can't that, you? Couldn't you know, that be hacked? If it's if it's sure, connected through Any, Bluetooth, I mean, life can be hacked. Yeah, you know, they're just. And I tell people that you've got to prepare yourself always. And yes, that could be hacked. Now, if you if he really was getting involved into uh, the direct mind neural connect. He'd be thinking more about reduced environmental stimulation therapy. That's when you go into to reduce your environment completely. You go into an environment where you float. You're super suggestible. Then you put in what you want to learn. That has been done in sports, especially with terrific types of things. It's not plugging into your brain. It's making your brain hyper suggestible, hyper suggestible because you have no outside environment to distract it. If you think about it, if you didn't have an outside environment to distract you and someone was telling you something, you'd be able to remember. You'd very, retain. It's yeah. a little distractions. It's a horn blowing or it's, you know, these type of things. So there's ways to do that. But I don't think the neural way it may work, but it's definitely no question in my mind. Brainwashing. <laughs> yeah, that's that. That's too. It seems too good. To, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, well, it, and it, it probably where you can get more information on that anywhere is in China. Yeah. And any, if any country has done it, they have. Yeah, I mean, no, I, I mean, hate to say that, but you know, they, you know, they're into that type of stuff. Well, okay. Speaking of data and stuff again, um, you know, when I was younger, I was in, I want to say second or third grade during nine 11. And from nine 11, we got the Patriot act and that allowed just extreme, Survey. essentially surveillance spying right. on the American public. And, I didn't, you know, really understand all that as a child, but now that I've gotten older, I've kind of recognized, you know, wow, like it's so pervasive. Um, I will talk to my wife about something and then the next day see an ad for it on, you know, Facebook or right. Twitter or whatever. Um, our data is obviously very valuable. And there's currently no way for people to monetize their own data. Do you think that there is or is there currently a way so that people can be more secure as far as as far as their data? I mean, keeping it hidden, um, talking points and ideas to each other that are not being monitored, not easily accessible. Yeah, um, I there are. There's no question. You, it, but it requires a little bit of work on your part, on a part of the person. Um, I've done a um, awareness watch newsletter for 19 years, and in my March issue, uh, volume 19, number three, I do uh, on privacy. It's called uh, uh, 2021 Guide to Privacy Resources and Tools, and I have many, many pages of URLs showing you where you can find how you can go stealth all that, but it takes some work to be able to do that. Now, some things on your iPhone and on your computer that you can do that's not real difficult, 
that cuts the computer or the iPhone from sending the information back to Mac or sending the information back to Google, which you can do. All right. They don't talk about it because they don't want yeah. that to happen. Because they're not making this much money off of you. Right. And if everybody decided to do that all at once, then they're out of business because they don't get the information about what you're searching for. And if they don't have yeah. what you're searching for, then the advertisers won't get you to sell. It's a vicious circle. I do think that I always said it becomes usability and privacy have become a big issue because yeah. as we learn more, we also are guarded about the privacy that we want to keep this type of a thing. At one time, when the government was saying they were searching, it was impossible for them to search all the metadata yeah. that was out there and tell it. They, it, it There's too much. That's right. But you don't say that. You say we're doing it. You know, that's the old story. With privacy, I think we have to educate ourselves. And if we will, uh, you, you still can go almost stealth. But if you want to just protect basic privacy, you've got to go to sources like I just showed in my awareness watch or other sources and allow them to or you to do to do that. And that may be a business of its own coming down to who will be experts in privacy to yeah. show people how to do the proper privacy. Many people just want basic privacy. They, but there are other corporations who have all their uh, need encryption big time to protect all their documents, to protect uh, all their, so their intellectual property, which is a big deal because our intellectual With property China has been stolen. Especially. I mean, big time. So we need to protect that. So to answer your question, yes, Privacy is needed. Uh, that's why I do my awareness watch uh, newsletter this last issue on it because it's a big deal. We just got to get more involved in it. People using Zoom don't realize that when Zoom first started, it had no privacy. And then yeah. all of a sudden, everybody said, where's the privacy? And then Zoom says, oh, gee, I got to figure out what encryption is. Quick, guys, get yeah. that guy over here to come here and fix that thing. So uh, they have. and But, yes, it's extremely important. Well, I mean, there are products. I know um, Edward Snowden when he was doing all of his stuff was using stuff like spider oak right um i know I, I use vpns i suggest yeah. people use vpns um i've used tor browsers in the past um that's actually where i first found out about bitcoin in like 2011 yeah, exactly yeah, yeah i was like go the deep so, web with that stuff yeah, yeah it was it was prost in something was prost in btc and i was like what the heck is btc <laughs> right. um but is there, you know, on top of like the deep web and stuff like that, do you think that there, and actually I don't know this, it's possible that it is already a thing. Is there sort of something like a Twitter or a Facebook or Instagram, anything like that on the deep web? Is there a market yeah, for there, that? Is, yeah, there, 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 there's some text messaging resources yeah. on, the, on the deep web that are basically uh, privacy, but of course... The, the deep webs, you got the dark web, the deep web, you know, it's really... I And everything in between. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And it gets blamed for everything because that's yeah. a nice scapegoat as you go. So uh, I've been involved in deep web for many, many years and uh, use Tor, which is fine. Um, and there's other software. Brave is another one. That's I use that's, browser, I, right? That's the browser the, I use. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and and there, and you can safely use it. And, and there's many many articles on how to use the deep web and how to go into the dark 
dark web as well. Uh, the dark web is being has been and continues to be monitored by uh, policing resources because that's where they find many crooks and bastions had crooks, bad people yeah. who have intentions of of uh, creating problems and this type of thing. But there's also a lot of people who just want to do it for privacy. Yeah. Because you can do it for privacy, and there is good privacy through Tor and virtual private networks and this type of a thing. So it's all good. Uh, Signals is another one that, that does I, that. I, that's what you I know. message on most of the time. Yeah. Exactly. And so, uh, yes, to answer your question, that uh, privacy is an issue all ourselves, and we've got to. We can't allow ourselves to become cognizant of the fact that it doesn't stop. We've got to continue pushing privacy. The yeah. big corporations are going to try to take it away from us. Government is on our privacy side as a rule, unless it's something to do with them and they need information. But as a rule, they're on the side of the citizens on privacy. But we need to constantly think about privacy and think about what it can and can't do. Yeah. Well, with, you know, we've talked about China and the stealing of intellectual properties. Um, with, you know, with their Huawei uh, the company that is with 5G and stuff like that. I think the fact that they're not allowed in the U.S. so far, and I think uh, the U.K. has rescinded their Same thing, right. ability there. Um, but they're still getting all of these other countries and other all of these other allies. Would they be able to access stuff still from... You know, oh yeah, but but uh, the other the other the other countries of the world don't have the intellectual property of the products that we have, or yeah. the United Kingdom has. Uh, between the U.S. and the United Kingdom, and I've I've known this for years. That's where the uh, intellectual property is coming from. I mean, the real yeah. the yeah. meat. Now the rest of the countries have some, but most of them have gone into the websites of the U.S. or gone into the websites of the U.K. and get the knowledge. Uh, and through white papers and this type of a thing, uh, this type of thing. So, uh, yes, to answer your question, if they're uh, the companies in China which put script code into all their software that they sent out have, uh, they would be able to get information in these other smaller countries, but many of them just don't have the intellectual property prowess that comes from the U.S. and the U.K. But, they, yeah, as long as uh, they're going, they have it, they can steal it. And, and that's how they – and eventually they have to learn to be able to do it themselves. And I think that's why they are pushing AI real hard, yeah. hoping AI is the answer for them so they don't have to steal intellectual property. They can create their own. With them, with China closing down and shutting down some Bitcoin mines, do you think um, this kind of presents a unique opportunity for the U.S., um, some other uh, – allied countries to kind of pick up where China is dropping off? Could be, but it takes a lot of energy. Yeah. And and so um, a lot of people are very conscious of the carbon print that anybody makes. And what do you, carbon, what's your opinion on nuclear? Why are, there not in, why are we not utilizing nuclear energy? Do you I have a good question? I, I don't have an opinion on it because it's fine. I, yeah. Uh, unless they think it's not safe. Uh, they've got some small nuclear generators now that fit in a box. Yeah, can, I mean, you can, you know, you can I make mean, one in your garage. Yeah, exactly. You know? you know, so I don't, I don't have that answer for that. I, I would agree with you why it hasn't. And even if you go back now and look at the green folks and all what they want to do, they, they don't show nuclear at all. When I think, yeah, that's kind of have a green footprint, a little bit of a green footprint. I don't think it puts out too much carbon. Um, but uh, I can't answer that question. That's a good question. 
yeah. uh, why it hasn't been. And uh, I'll do some research on that because that uh, there's a lot of stuff that's come out, but you know, France is doing it now. Yeah. I remember some article: France is into nuclear big time. But um, uh, I think there's a nuclear plant here in Kentucky, but I don't know how how much it's putting out or how you know the utilization of it or anything like that. But I think there is one here. It could now, be where older, are you at? though. Uh, I'm in Nicholasville. Okay. Just outside of Lexington. Uh, just okay. Now I'm in Florence. Yeah. Just okay. north of you. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I've heard of that too. I think I there's one here. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, I agree. We'll find that it out. It may be western part of the state. I'm not sure. Yeah. But yeah, it's a good question. Uh, I don't. I can't answer that. And uh, they, we, I can't see unless there's some really strong carbon problem or something. You know, everything's going to. Uh, solar is going to, and and I, uh, it's a tough one. Uh, the country is based, the country's history, and a lot of its economy is based on oil and gas. Yeah, the petrodollar. Uh, and, that's... Yeah, uh, coal. We were yeah. Coal, in West Virginia, you know, the coal. And that, they're all trying to change that. And I'm not against change, but I'm against change for the sake of change. And, and it has to, we have to be intelligent. You know, we, sh we need to be thinking what happens when a freeze goes to the propeller. Yeah. Of, uh, we, I mean, we saw that in Texas. Yeah. If you're not, if you're not properly winterized, yeah. then, yeah. you know. So I don't, yeah. So anyway, very interesting stuff. And that's going to make exciting times. And hopefully that uh, people will be smart enough to ask questions that doesn't mean they're against anything, but ask intelligent questions yeah. to stimulate thinking uh, that can be a plus or a minus, but at least stimulate the thinking on it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it seems to me if you were just being able to, if you were able to utilize nuclear power and quantum computing to mine cryptocurrency, you would be able to do. Oh, no question about it. I mean, just. Ain't, yeah. Oh, no, no question about it. It would be no you problem. Go. You just come up with a great idea. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the quantum computer will cost them. It's the upfront. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got to get that. Get we that. could go to a, a Go Feed Me or whatnot. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> for a quantum computer. And uh, But that's a good idea. Uh, they were talking the other countries where these miners are going to or other parts of China. Then they're going to Nigeria, going to Malaysia. And even that. said some, some of the miners are going to Iceland. I've seen that Iran has upped uh, has upped their mining of Bitcoin to circumvent yeah. um, uh, tariffs, right? Yeah, because sure. it's because they if you know they can just sell it, right? Exactly. They don't have to use that currency, but they can sell that asset, right? The Bitcoin, right? Exactly. Yeah, it's interesting. Interesting times that we're seeing on all this time, and it's happening. That's a big thing. Uh, like I said at the beginning, uh, uh, PayPal and PayPal now is in the cyber currency. That's saying something because that's going to get a lot of people, show a lot of people the interest that it needs. And that's, you know, that's part of it, too. I, I kind of see PayPal as becoming a, essentially, it's going to, they're going to be a crypto bank because they, yeah, they just bought that startup that essentially. They're just into holds, it. Yeah. 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 yeah and that's yeah. going to be very interesting. Very, well, very interesting. It seems to me. Um, you know, the Fed has came out and talked about developing a digital dollar, and they're saying that the digital dollar is very high on their priority list. So we're already moving towards a more digital world. We're getting artificial intelligence, um, virtual reality, all this kind of stuff. Like, you know, in a few years, you and I will be having this conversation and we'll be in a virtual forest or right. a city. Yeah. 
what Holoca- cities gave. We're in a holocaust. Yeah, know. what? Yeah, anything. Yeah, um, you know, that's very true. That's all. And the communications entities, uh, most of the technology, if not all of it, is available now. It's what's holding us up is bandwidth. Yeah. And once we get that bandwidth at 5G plus, where we can transmit 1,000, 2,000, 5,000, then, yeah. then we can do whatever we want. And, then, well, and that's, that's going to happen. That's the process. To, to bring Elon back up, his Starlink, mm-hmm. um, do you see, I mean, eventually if the technology becomes, you know, better, that we'll be able to beam down 5G, 6G, yeah, yeah. those yeah, kind I, of speeds? Yeah, and and he's working at Starlink to do just yeah. that. Um, a lot of astronomers are very upset with him, though, because of these low-flying yeah. satellites there. Say it takes a lot of viewing away from astronomers and astronomy. So, good old Elon, he just did it. Yeah, and, you know, 150 well, at a time. And, yeah. You know, but you know, there's astronomers who are very concerned about it. So it's not okay. just a. But I to answer your question, I think that uh, we will be able to have. Uh, internet accessible all over the world uh, at a very high rate of speed, which tells me then why the education market will become yeah. a trillion dollar market in the next four or five years when it has all the capabilities of transmitting information at yeah. high rates of speed. Yeah, yeah. I agree it's with fantastic. that. Fantastic. Well, I mean, even world. in, yeah, even in third world countries, you yeah, have exactly. access to cell, I mean, to a cell phone. That's right. I mean, that's that's how we see video from there. I mean, they have cell phones. You are able to access anything from anywhere. And now with the with the, with the internet and with the uh, different types of ways to get high speed everywhere, uh, you'll be able to stream and cast your videos and everything yeah. else. And, and then all the phones and everything else, are, we go hand in hand with that. That's uh, we'll make more and more. And then they'll be riding their donkeys, talking on their hi-fi, getting a course from MIT. Yeah, well, Elon will be in your little chip. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the world's going to be a wonderful place yeah, for, yeah. for your son. Yeah, yeah. Um, Marcus, I'm going to let you go, but thanks for coming on here. I, this has been great. I mean, really, this has been awesome. I appreciate the time. I appreciate talking to you. And if you, uh, again, uh, uh, all this stuff that I've talked about, the stuff that I have done is available from my site, zillman.us. And uh, you can go there and you can scroll down and you get all all the subject tracers. And I made the subject tracers, uh, the 54 of them. You can go to subjecttracers.com, and that's all. And they're all updated for 2021. All my white papers are at whitepapers.us. They're all updated, and I freely give that information to the world, and have been doing so. And because uh, I believe that we help people by them learning and understanding, yeah. makes it makes a big difference. Awesome. Thanks, Marcus. Thank you. Have a terrific day. You too. Bye. I'm going to go ahead and stop the recording. Oh, that's.